0: Come on.
1: they're right there let's go move, move 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 move
2: this episode of choices not chances podcast is sponsored by louisiana gun shop located on highway 90 west in broussard louisiana just south of lafayette For more information, stay tuned at the end of this episode. This is Choices Not Chances podcast with Ryan and Matt. I'm your co-host Matthew Charette. Sit next to me is Ryan Rogers. Ryan. All
0: right, guys. Thanks for coming back. And again, just like every other episode, if you see something on this episode that you think you can share out to somebody that can take it away, this is an episode that I'm sure just about any guy out there can take some stuff away. Uh, today we have a very special guest. is Dr. Judson Brandeis, he, MD. He's a men's health specialist and a urologic surgeon. And he's also the author of a new book called The 21st Century Man, where he talks about everything men's health that you could possibly think of, from marijuana to low testosterone to uh everything you could want so dr brandeis thanks for uh thanks for joining the cast and reaching out and uh let's get into the book a little bit
1: awesome well ryan thank you so much for having me on i really appreciate the opportunity to talk to this special community absolutely absolutely
0: and i've been looking forward to having you on your book is a behemoth uh to try (laughs) to read um and I, i know we talked offline i said i've got about halfway and halfway is a long way um, but I skimmed through the rest uh, the rest of what I hadn't read to make sure if I see any relevant topics to the community uh, that I would bring it up. but why don't we just start out if you can just kind of give me your own background and what you've been doing? Um, I actually like to try to get a couple of questions answered at the beginning of each show for selfish reasons. I'm writing another book myself and I like to know where people come from and where they started um, so growing up, where'd you grow up and
1: Yeah, so I I grew up in New York, the suburbs of New York, and then I went off to Brown University and did a a history major, and then after that I worked at American Red Cross uh, in a lab where they they figured out how to freeze blood, so a guy named Harold T. Merriman figured out how to freeze blood, so you can't take just blood and throw it in the refrigerator and then transfuse it into someone because water expands and so blood cells pop and so harold t merriman figured out how to freeze blood and then after that i went off to vanderbilt for medical school during medical school i did a year of research sponsored by howard hughes medical institute at harvard medical school and i worked at the lab where they did the first living related kidney transplant won the nobel prize for that and so then i went back to vanderbilt finished medical school uh, and then i started uh, residency in surgery for two years at ucla and then finished my surgical residency in urologic surgery at UCLA and uh, then I went off and practiced in Northern California. I helped pioneer surgical robotics. I built kidney stone centers. I helped pioneer MRI-guided prostate biopsy. And then about three years ago, I became really interested in regenerative urology. So the ability to help men who can't get erections anymore to start getting erections again. And there are a number of new technologies low-intensity shockwave therapy, platelet-rich plasma, stem cells, peptides, a bunch of other stuff that we can use to help men who uh, can't get enough blood flow to the penis to get uh, a rigid erection. And so I've been uh, a pioneer in that field. Uh, I helped do research on uh, PRP or platelet-rich plasma and shockwave therapy Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. high-intensity focused electromagnetic waves. So anyway, I'm going on way too long. No, no, Um, please. But, but I've done a lot of stuff and uh, and this book really came out of seeing patients mm-hmm. and it started off as like a two hundred two hundred fifty page book on sexual medicine, but so many parts of men's physical health, emotional health mental health will affect their ability to have satisfactory sexual encounters.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so I just kept adding chapters to the book. And now it's over 900 pages. It's 101 chapters. Uh, but it's not really meant to be read cover to cover. It's more mm-hmm. of a advice book. Like if your best buddy was one of the top doctors in this field, this is the advice that he or she would give you hmm mm-hmm.
0: no i love it and i know uh offline i said something about making it that far and you'd said well it's not kind of meant to go cover to cover <laughs> but i was trying to do it just so i knew what we were, what we would be covering wow. and, and and get and get into it
1: you didn't but get to the best the whole back part of the book is all about sex
0: that's what i'm i'm, I'm saving that best for last stuff. i guess <laughs> yeah yeah we'll get to it we'll get to it look at this thickness of this guys i mean we're talking about a lot of research gone into this. Uh, multiple different doctors cited in uh in in this 50 top doctors and men health men health experts uh so you can uh feel great look good and have better sex uh i I know that um a lot of people might get bashful around the pecker problem issue but in our in our field uh a lot of guys that get blown up or have devastating injuries you know maimed parts of their bodies and things like that go through and especially guys that have been blown up and maybe we can talk more on sound waves and how that kind of affects the brain and the rest of the body but um a lot of guys will come home with low testosterone counts and it's hard for them to you know get those back up because of whatever reason that is and then uh you know and then a lot of guys are pushed on medicine and then you know some medicines will have side effects to where you can't you get an erection or you can't um, you know finish or there's different uh there's different side effects with different medicines and different side effects with different injuries for sure um but I felt like it was important to maybe go into some of that at at depth with an expert uh for some of you guys out there that may be experiencing some of that and then and you know also you know anybody else that for whatever reason may be having those problems not to be bashful about it but to get the uh get the information out there
1: absolutely and so. You know, that's that's really, really important to me because there's so many people out there that are pushing information that may not necessarily be the most accurate information. And mm-hmm. so this book, I gathered 50 or 60 national experts in each of their fields to provide high-density information. I'm not one of those guys that writes a 500-page book that could be summarized in four pages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, this mm-hmm. is a 900-page book. You've read a lot of it. I have. You can't summarize my chapters in any less than the number of words that are written on the on yeah. They're the very book.
0: succinct. They're very to the point. This is the information, and uh, it's just a wealth of it. which Yeah, is great. and it's
1: it's it's not a see spot run kind of book. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it. I, I, you know, I practice in Northern California. I have a lot of really intelligent patients, and I don't um, denigrate the intelligence of men. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a great amount of information in the book, but you got to work a little to 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 understand it. But you know, it's it's really important that you that you put some work into understanding it. And, and it's important to understand these things at a slight, slightly deeper level. Agreed. Yeah, because the thing is, you know, I take care of men. And the one thing I understand about taking care of men is you can't tell a guy what to do, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's not, not like, just take this pill, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Because a guy would be like, no, yeah. why would I take this pill? You know, what, what is it? How does it work? What does it do? Right, and so I never tell guys what to do. I provide them with the information that they need to make the most intelligent decision for themselves. And when they understand things and when they're kind of at the knowledge level that they need to be, then they'll make the right decision. Sure. sure. You know, like I had a patient the other day, like I wanted him to stop drinking. He was having two glasses of wine a day, right? And he had to lose 25 pounds. And he's like, I can't lose the weight, so on and so forth. And so what I did is I said, take your iPhone out. A glass of wine is 125 calories. Two glasses of wine is 250 calories. Multiply that times 365 and then divide it by 3,500, which is the number of calories per pound of fat. What number do you get? He said, well, 26. I said, okay, that's 26 pounds of fat that you're putting on your body Every year, because you're drinking two glasses of wine. Mm-hmm. So if you cut two glasses of wine out, you'll lose 26 pounds. And he just looked at me and said, well, I guess that's what I have to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: I didn't have to tell him anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The numbers just spoke for themselves. So that's, you know, this book is just filled with examples of that kind of stuff. Or, you know, like um, 90% of eye injuries are preventable by wearing glasses or safety goggles. <laughs> right. Like I'm, every weekend I'm out in the backyard with my sawzall and my shovel and my, you know, I'm like a, I like building retaining walls and block walls and all that kind of stuff. But now I wear gloves because 50% of hand injuries are preventable by wearing gloves, gloves. and I wear safety goggles because I don't want to be that idiot that loses vision in one eye because, you know, he's cutting through a piece of wood and doesn't realize there's a nail in there and a little mm-hmm. speck of metal comes off the back of the bandsaw and pops into my eye.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Right. And the thing is, like, every guy's like, I can do whatever I want. You know, I'm tough and, you know, I fought in the military and I, you know, like, I'm, you know, I'm a badass. But the thing is, statistics are statistics. Mm -hmm. Right. And if a hundred guys are out with a bandsaw, one of the guys is going to come home with, you know, no left eye. Mm Mm-hmm. And do you really want to be that guy?
0: Right, right. Yeah, that's um. It's interesting. The Marine Corps has got that covered. I mean, you're not allowed to go anywhere without glasses and gloves and PPE, and that's why they did it. They do, you know, risk assessments with this kind of data and say, nope, everybody will wear these. Everybody will wear these. Everybody will wear these, and we'll cut down fifty percent of our incidents. Right. Um, so it makes sense. It makes sense for sure. Now, what would you say to first of all? I want to understand um, shockwaves, and I want to understand uh, what they do to the body and why they do it to the body, if you can help with that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we actually discovered the effects of shockwaves during World War II. So there were um, folks that were unfortunately in the water when we were dropping depth charges to blow up submarines. And... You know, like if you're in an explosion, you get shrapnel, you can understand, well, that's what the injury is from, Mm -hmm. right? But what they were finding, you know, you're not going to get shrapnel in the water, but Mm -hmm. they were finding a blast effect from the shock waves. So if you look at a a sound wave, a sound wave has a kind of a gentle rise and and fall, Mm -hmm. whereas a shock wave has a very high peak and a very Dramatic dramatic drop. And so that transmits a huge amount of energy faster than the speed of sound mm-hmm. right and 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 causes internal damage to organs because those internal organs get torn up by that energy okay now urologists took advantage of this in the 70s and and until and the present by using those shock waves to break up kidney stones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we use what's called a piezoelectric which is a crystal that sends an intense uh, burst of energy and it's a focused wave. So the wave gets focused. And, you know, in an average person, it's 10 or 12 centimeters in that the kidney is. And then you find the stone with an X ray and you focus those waves right onto the stone. And so instead of having to take a scope, putting you to sleep, sticking the scope up the penis into the bladder, up the ureter, use mm. a laser, break up a kidney stone, yeah. That's Bad. A, usually the reaction we get.
0: Yes, yeah, not good. You can
1: use these these pulse to break up the stone, and then those little crumbs of stone come tumbling down. And Way they easier still are, to pee out yeah. than,
0: than the yeah than the exactly. whole thing. Exactly, exactly. Oh, and so, okay, how, so, how long does it take when you focus this when you focus this energy from these shockwaves? How long does it take to break one up?
1: Uh, usually, about 15, 20 minutes. I mean, wow. it depends on the size of the stone, how hard the stone is, uh-huh. uh, et cetera, et cetera. But usually about 15, 20 minutes.
0: And how many waves a minute are hitting it?
1: Uh, usually we do about 3,000 waves. That's the most waves you can safely use to break up a kidney stone. And uh, we go at a rate of about 100 a minute. So it's a, actually, it's about 30 minutes. I mean, 100 a minute up, for 30 up, minutes. up to about 30 minutes.
0: And you find, like, so somebody did research that says if we do 4,000 waves in five minutes, it's bad.
1: Well, you can cause damage to the kidney if you use right. So you can actually pills. hurt the actual organs. Then, yeah. Okay, yeah. check.
0: Now, would it be safe to say then that the blast from say an IED or a mortar, one of these weapons, the blast that is going th- through to these troops is that doing damage, high intensity damage to their brains and organs? Of course. Every blast, right? Of course.
1: Yeah. You know, is it? Did you see that explosion that happened in downtown Lebanon? Yes. That. Uh, it's it's really amazing. If you watch that again, you'll see the building just turn white. Mm-hmm. And then you actually can see the wave, the blast mm-hmm. wave, mm-hmm. the shock wave. And it just flattens buildings as it goes. Yeah. Right. And so it's an invisible wave, really. Mm-hmm. But internally to the, the organs of the body and the brain and the pituitary and, and everything else, you know, it could be devastating.
0: Now, And this is, I'm just spitballing here. If somebody has been blown up and those waves have hit the brain, do you think that those wave damage could have the propensity to cause CTE or long-term damage as far
1: as grain, uh, permanent bruising of the brain? So, you know, the brain is an incredibly complex organ. It's made up of neurons, right? So neurons are, are really delicate cells, but really the 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 brilliance of the brain is the interconnectedness of the neurons right Mm -hmm. so there's maybe hundreds of millions or maybe billions of neurons i mean a neurosurgeon will know better than me right inside a cranium so and then the it's kind of interesting i'm really into artificial intelligence right Mm -hmm. so why can't we make a computer the size of a brain that will outthink a brain? Right. It's, you know, because the brain functions, um, neuron fu- functions at like 200,000 hertz, mm-hmm. right? But a little Pentium chip will be at four megahertz, you know, four million hertz, right? And the, the brain, you know, the cranium is only a certain size. You can't make brains bigger than your cranium, but you can have a server farm you know with hundreds and hundreds of computers that are all linked together mm-hmm. but really the, the brilliance of the brain comes from the linkage of the neurons to each other mm-hmm. so you know a single neuron can have hundreds even thousands of connections to other neurons and that's as from what I know about neuroscience that's really the brilliance of the brain but if you have a blast coming through your body and through your brain It just makes a whole lot of sense to me that it's going to dislodge a lot of those cell to cell connections Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's in the brain that, you know, things that won't show up on an MRI or a CAT scan, but they're going to show up, you know, when you show up at home and you don't remember somebody's name or, you know, you're having trouble filling out a job application or trouble remembering something, you know, that's where those kind of injuries are going to show up.
0: For sure. Memory issues, for sure, with guys that have been blown up Um, myself as well. I have issues where sometimes like I'll have a conversation with my wife and 10 minutes later, I don't have a recollection of that. It's not that I didn't remember what she said. I don't ever remember having that conversation, period. And that's been like a growing thing for us to learn how to, you know, sort that out. And it it, it turns into whiteboards and calendars and and day planners all over my house. Yeah. And you know, the
1: thing is, you were, you know, it's interesting. Like uh, if you've ever drank too much and, and you, quote, blacked out or you have no memory of, sure. of what happened. So it's not that you weren't actually conscious when that was going on. It's that when you drink too much alcohol, your brain can't imprint those memories into the hippocampus, mm-hmm. into the part of the brain that records memories. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, it may be that you had part of your recording apparatus damaged during uh during a blast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's not that things aren't happening. Like you could watch a videotape of yourself ten minutes ago and say, gosh, you know, that that actually really did happen.
0: Mm-hmm. But just not getting recorded.
1: You've less you've lost some of the ability to inscribe that into your your brain consciousness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I think some of it, this is just me, and I'm no expert, but I think some of it is necessary, which makes it to me like a a built in, um, you know, a built in safe, you know, fail safe mechanism. Like, we know that that was a traumatic experience you just went through, and we don't want you to relive that. So we're going to spread load that file through 3 million files so that you have trouble putting all that together because it Mm -hmm. will be damaging when you go back through it. And maybe that's just our evolution of our brain and of our being to know that those are the things that hurt us when they're brought back up. So we need to not remember them correctly, Uh, you know, and then you spend your life through counseling, pulling those out and trying to remember it correctly. Uh, So but I think that some of it's um, probably by design and probably necessary by design, but uh, when you have the injury and you can't get an, a good answer, which goes for a lot of guys out there that are, are suffering with brain injuries uh, from TBI and blast exposure, it's like there's not a good answer. And when you don't get a good answer as like a highly functioning athlete, you need a good answer. And people don't think about Marines and soldiers and uh, you know airmen and guardsmen as you know and sailors as as high highly. You know, functioning athletes, but that's what they are—they're highly functioning athletes. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, In fact,
1: I have a I have a clinical research study on industrial athletes, and I consider fire, corrections, SWAT, uh, police, mm-hmm, military mm-hmm. as industrial athletes. It's using sure. this really amazing technology called HiFEM, high intensity focused electromagnetic waves uh, to build muscle, and I I can build muscle ten to fifteen times faster. Than you could do in the gym
0: how do you do this
1: it's using uh it's a device called the m sculpt device okay and uh it really they they should have them in, in vas to help people uh, rehabilitate um, from injuries and so on and so forth the technology is just incredible do they have it, them or
0: are you saying they do have them or they should they, have they, them?
1: they should okay absolutely um they should uh, but it it uses electromagnetic fields so there are things called tens units yeah right? yeah i know tens right but tens is a direct current mm-hmm. right so it's it's point to point yeah and so it goes through the skin and the pain fibers are very superficial in the skin so these things generate heat and it's uncomfortable and then the other thing is that the electrical current goes very superficially through the muscle because it goes through the path of least resistance mm-hmm. so m sculpt or high is uh, electromagnetic field. See, if you run electricity through a coil, it creates an electromagnetic field, and then you can set the depth of penetration of that electromagnetic field to contract muscle.
0: So they just use them, the fields to contract the muscle, and they can put it on, yeah. Would you say, 30% faster or more?
1: Uh, you know, so uh, I had a, a San Francisco SWAT guy the other day, so I brought him in for... The The protocol is once a week for six weeks. And then I did, I do body composition scans on everyone. Mm-hmm. And he put a pound of muscle on each arm in six to eight weeks.
0: Now, was he damaged or is he coming in to get stronger? No,
1: no, he's he's coming in fine. Come, just coming, but, in, know, healthy, stronger, coming in healthy, but one to get stronger faster. He's coming in healthy. He's working out. You know, he, that's what they do as part of the SWAT team. You know, it's part of. Part of being able to be on those SWAT teams is training, and using this technology, I built an extra pound on, of muscle on each arm. So, you know, a muscle uh, arm has about twelve pounds of muscle. You know, a big arm. My mm-hmm, arm's
0: mm-hmm. probably not mine. Guaranteed. Eight or nine pounds. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, and, and he went from twelve to thirteen pounds. So myself, I went from eight to eight and a half on one arm, and like eight to eight and three quarters on the other arm. Wow. Just by doing this, which is just basically a passively lying there and letting the, the high-intensity focused electromagnetic waves do the work for you.
2: All, mm-hmm. the, all the
1: Hollywood movie stars now that have six-pack abs, um, they're all using this now.
0: They're pushing a button and laying there. Pushing a button and laying there. Get some.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I even have some professional athletes that come in. But you know, if you're, if you're younger and you're a professional athlete, you're, you're able to build muscle. much faster so you know my practice mostly focuses on guys over 40 especially guys over 50 and there was an interesting study i just read that given the same exercise routine 20 year olds will build muscle three times faster than 50 year olds Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right so you know you get to a point in your life where you're what what we call catabolic meaning you're losing muscle so Mm -hmm. anabolic is building muscle catabolic is is losing muscle and you know that happens to everyone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And no one gets out of this alive and so uh especially after the age of 60 guys really uh the catabolism accelerates and so you have to be smart if you want to continue to have a high content of muscle mm-hmm. low content of fat in your body and you you want to remain remain really physically active
0: Yeah, I know that I was talking to one of one of my interviewees, one of the the guests that I had on recently. And I said, you know, if you could change anything, what would you change said that? Uh, And if I could change anything and, and go back on my career, I would be better at my job from the beginning. If I knew then what I know now about how to eat and how to hydrate and how to take care of myself and how to be healthy. And I'm no expert, but I have learned what's good for my body and what's not been good for my body along the way. And I got it. You know, obviously, most of you guys are right about your diet, about what you should have in you, about your gut acid, about your mental health. And so there's just a lot that goes into it that I didn't know when I was growing up, uh, you know, early in the Marine Corps and, you know, in my day. And it's like I could have made myself a machine if I just would have had the knowledge at an earlier time. But, you you know?
1: know, the interesting thing is in your 20s and 30s, it really doesn't matter what you do. Mm hmm. You know, I tell people, you want to build muscle on a 20-year-old, send him to McDonald's and send him to the gym. Yep. Right? Yeah, I mean, you, you could do anything still at that get age. It. Right? You're still going to get it. But the thing is, the 50-year-old you is not going to be happy with the 20-year-old you or the 25-year-old you if you're doing stupid things like drinking too much or smoking mm-hmm. or doing drugs mm-hmm. or eating too much food, right? Because you're going to pay the price. 20 years later mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in your 20s, whatever, you know, like I used to go out till two o'clock in the morning and then I'd show up for rounds at six o'clock in the morning and I'd get through the day, no problem. But, you know, I couldn't do that now. Mm-hmm, i 55. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. feel like exhausted for the rest of the week. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, that's the that's the advantage. That's the benefit of getting into healthy habits. It's it's not for helping the current you. It's helping the
0: future you. Yeah. Yeah making sacrifices when you're young for your older self
1: yeah i mean it's for you but it's it's a different you just later yeah it's a later you
0: No, but you'll appreciate it you'll appreciate it when you take when you get Uh, there you know
1: i mean the thing is if you're 55 and you can't get it up anymore with your wife then you're you know you're going to be cursing your 25 year old you
0: yeah 100 percent.
1: you know for going to kentucky fried chicken too much (laughs) and smoking and you know, doing all the things that you, you know, the things, all the things the that felt good day, at the time. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, you could really summarize the book and like, don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs, don't eat too much food, exercise every day, stretch every day, do some meditation and be nice to other people. Right? I yep. mean, if you did yep. that, you're ahead of 90% of people, you're going to live a pretty good, healthy life. But 100%. the problem is, You know, life gets in the way. There's stresses and we need coping mechanisms and so on and so forth. And so Mm -hmm. it's so it's harder. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Interesting. One other thing I want to talk about that we talked offline and maybe we can talk on it for, you know, the last uh, 15, 20 minutes here. I know you got to go at the end of the hour, but um, a lot of veterans uh, are living in states where they're able to use cannabis for, anxiety, uh, depression, things of this nature, and also able to use it uh, as, you know, as a medicinal or recreational. But a lot of the guys that I'm talking to are finding great uh, strides, making great strides coming off other uh, narcotic medicine, other opioid medicines um, by medicinally taking uh, cannabis. And you had a chapter on it. We talked a little bit offline about it, but get into your research on that chapter. Uh, what you found about it, and then um, and then kind of what we were talking about before. Let's just kind of caption over or gloss over what you got for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, when I wrote that chapter, I was trying to find someone else who knew a lot more than me about cannabis because I don't, really don't know that much and I don't have much experience with it. But I, I couldn't find anyone else to write the chapter, so I wrote it. And I, I went into it expecting to find a lot of bad stuff. And at, at the end of the day, I really didn't find that many bad things about it you know, what I learned was that there's THC, which is the hallucinogenic part, and there's CBD, which has more sort of medicinal qualities. And so I'll I'll separate the CBD, which I think as far as I understand is perfectly fine from the THC. Now, you know, back in the Woodstock days, people were smoking marijuana that was two or 3% uh, Mm -hmm. THC, but because of technology and because of dispensing pharmacies and so on and so forth, or dispensaries, the THC content has gone way up. So, mm-hmm. you know, the people that are smoking marijuana today are not smoking the same marijuana that they were smoking in the 60s, mm-hmm. right? They're they're smoking something that's a lot more intense and that has a lot more effect on uh, brain development. You know, we were talking about, you know, if you're a teenager and you're smoking THC, you know, marijuana with a very high THC content, that's not gonna be good for your brain development. right? You know, once you're 25 and your brain is fully developed, what you do at that point has is less consequential than it is when your brain is developing. Right. Okay. And then finally, uh, you and I were also talking about people uh, that sell the stuff, you know, cut other drugs into uh, marijuana. So mm-hmm. they cut fentanyl into marijuana and people die from that. I had a patient... I got called 2 o'clock in the morning because some guy tried to cut his penis off. Right? So I woke up at 2 o'clock in the I morning. I read that
0: in the book, golden. the italic yeah. so the story. I was like, oh, my yeah. God.
1: And, you know, it just so happened that the, the guy's father uh, was one of my patients. You know, I was kind of grumpy and pissed off. Someone got me up at 2 o'clock in the morning to have to go do this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I went, I went down to, to speak with the father, and in, in, I kind of got myself in a more empathetic, place. Uh, And then I had really this heart, really nice heart to heart talk with the father. And he said, you know, my son was like a superstar until he was 16. And then he started smoking marijuana and it gave him a a schizophrenic reaction. Hmm. Uh, And I don't know if that's his own unique physiology or whether there was some other drug that was cut into the marijuana that he was using. But he said ever since then, he's not been the same kid. Uh, you know, three, four years later he's he's trying to cut his penis off. What did he tried what what did he try to cut it off with? Like scissors? A knife. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean you know, I mean you've it seen He just tripped out in his head hurt. and Yeah, it just tripped out in his head. Oh my goodness. So you know, but uh, honestly I I'm not the world's expert on marijuana. Uh, and that's about <laughs> That's about the limit. of the I need really to. I, I need to that do I do it.
0: Say. I need to do it. I need to find an expert, maybe from Canada, or, or you know, um, I know they've had. Uh, the reason I say Canada is because they are way ahead of us as far as medical marijuana goes, and having mm-hmm. actual marijuana doctors that understand the science, understand how to help you with your exact issues and what strands. And I need to. I need to uh, recruit and get one of them on that really yeah. know. Uh, but you know, I I,
1: I love to talk about testosterone, which we were talking about. Yes, sir.
0: I want to talk time. about that as well.
1: Yeah, because you know that is the most important growth hormone for men, right? So you're 12 years old, your testosterone's low, you're this little scrawny punk, and then you know your testosterone shoots up the next year, and within four years, you know you're six foot tall, you're muscular, your voice is low, you know your penis mm-hmm. grew, your libido's through the roof, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's just because. Your testosterone went from 200 to 1,000. Yeah. Right. And so then at the age of 20, your testosterone should be around 900 or 1,000. And it will go down one or 2% per year after that. Right. And so, you know, women have menopause where their estrogen plummets. Yeah. Men have what's called andropause where their testosterone slowly goes down. Um, But there are situations like, last injuries like in or other types of injuries or uh, people that don't take care of themselves like they should you know for example the you know you'll see headlines every once in a while the the average testosterone levels for men these days is 30 percent less than it was 50 years ago Mm -hmm. right and how come that is well first of all the the brain is smart right the brain will only make as much testosterone or tell the testicle to make as as much testosterone as it needs, right? So if you're a hunter back in the day, you know, when you were caveman and you were taking down wild boar on the plains, you need a really high testosterone because mm-hmm. wild boar don't like to be killed. Mm-hmm. If you're a farmer, farmers work hard, but they're not, you know, taking down wild boar, your testosterone's going to be high, but not quite as high as a, as a hunter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you sit behind a computer all day, your, bo- your body says, well, you know, I'm not attacking anyone and I'm not lifting bales of hay, so I don't need that much testosterone, so why bother? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so guys, testosterone's lower than it used to be. And then we live in a world filled with, you know, plastics and processed foods and so on and so forth. And so, you know, th- there is a correlation between those kind of things and low testosterone. And then the final thing is sleep. Yeah. Right. So if you look at how testosterone varies on a daily basis, it's highest at eight o'clock in the morning. Right. And then it declines as the day goes on, bottoms out at about four o'clock in the afternoon, and it doesn't go back up until you start to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Right. And then when you go to sleep, it goes back up. So if you're not getting good sleep or you're not getting enough sleep or you know, you're drinking late at night and that interrupts your sleep, guess what? Your testosterone's not going to get up to the level that it really should get up to. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And if you're somebody that
0: is experiencing low testosterone, uh, let, let's say right now there's guys in my audience
1: that are experiencing low testosterone, what advice would you give them? Okay, so, you know, first of all, you need to check the testosterone and check it first thing in the morning and check it. Uh, not only a total testosterone, but also a free testosterone. Okay. And I want to invite everyone out there go to my website. It's called BrandeisMD.com, B R A N D E I S M D.com. Go to the media tab and drop down to ebooks. Okay. okay. I wrote three ebooks on testosterone, right? One is, you know, generally about testosterone, the second one is the levels that you can expect from all the different testosterone preparations and then the third is for the the bodybuilders and people that want to use performance enhancing drugs mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. cuz i've seen a lot of guys really really mess themselves up by using those things and i want people to be able to do it if you're going to do it do it safely right and this the ebook explains everything and explains how to do it safely
0: now that's something that you put also in the um or your the email that came to me said that you wanted to you know address the swelling issue of you know the rise of anabolic steroids in first responders
1: military community, can you breathe on that a little bit yeah, you know so it's it's very surprising to me um that how many first responders use anabolic steroids right, and it's kind of like um you know if you look at a woman and you think, Wow, are those fake breasts? yeah, they're probably fake breasts yeah you know, if you look at a police officer or a fireman, and you're like, "Damn, that guy is huge," I wonder if he uses anabolic steroids. Yeah, he probably does, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's really hard to build that kind of bulk mm-hmm. without anabolic steroids. And the problem is, right, that you're going super physiologic. So when you're 20, your testosterone's like a thousand, but a lot of these guys are going to 2,000 or 2,500 or 3,000. And the thing is. So the, you got to understand, the brain sends a message to the pituitary, which sends a message to the testicles to make testosterone. Testosterone and mm-hmm. sperm, that's what the testicles do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then there's a, what's called a negative feedback loop. So there's a, um, a sensor in the brain and in the pituitary that says, we've made enough, we're not going to produce any more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if you're getting testosterone from the outside, those sensors will say we've made enough. We're not going to make any more. And if you keep getting testosterone from the outside, it's going to shut off. Then it's going to shut off. So I saw a guy he used to play for the Raiders for 15 years. This guy was like 350 pounds, huge. And I did his vasectomy, and his testicles are the size of marbles,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? But I mean, this guy could squash me, you know, with his left pinky, right? And so the problem is he's taking huge amounts of steroids. But he's not doing anything to protect his endogenous, his own testosterone production. And so mm-hmm. there, are, there are medications like Clomid or like uh, HCG that you can take to protect your testicular function. Check. You know, the other thing is there are guys that are, are taking high doses of testosterone and they, and they end up with man boots. Right? Yep. They're big guys, but they have breasts. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's because testosterone and estrogen are virtually the same molecule. Even though men are from Mars and women are from Venus, the only difference between testosterone and estrogen is a single hydrogen ion. Okay. And so it's easy for your body to convert testosterone into estrogen, right? So you have to take what's called an aromatase inhibitor to block the conversion to estrogen. And you need to be checking estrogen levels to make sure it's not too hot.
0: Right. I, I, I wondered so, that myself. I never, I never understood why that worked
1: or how yeah. that worked. Yep. Wow. And so... You know, it's these are very complex, but understandable systems, and there are ways to use testosterone safely. But if you don't use it safely, you can shut down your own production of testosterone. You can um, make yourself infertile, and you'll get to the point where you have a large collection of Bette Midler and Barbra Streisand albums. (laughs) (laughs) I like it and really none of those conditions are are amenable to uh,
0: not ideal to what we're looking for yeah
1: not ideal to what we're looking for
0: not at all not at all well once again guys dr brandeis the 21st century man go get it it's at your local barnes and noble and all your bookstores you can also get it online and go to his website and pull up some of those ebooks if you're interested or if you have low t or if you're dealing with low t you're a veteran you're a guy that's been blown up and you want to know more about it that is your uh roadmap to success right there also the book is worth having and worth throwing up on the shelf because you can always reference back to it when you have other questions uh that's what i'm going to do so Um, can
1: i go back to testosterone for a sec
0: oh yep absolutely
1: yeah because the thing is so you got to check your levels okay and you got to check the free testosterone because the free testosterone really is the active form of testosterone but then you also have to look at yourself clinically So just because your testosterone is low doesn't necessarily mean that you need testosterone, right? If you're clinically low testosterone, right? So if you're grumpy, you're depressed, your Mm -hmm. mood is bad, you're losing muscle, you're putting on fat, your libido is low, you have man boobs, that's the reason to go on testosterone, Mm -hmm. right? If your testosterone is 200, but life is great and I'm having sex with the wife or with my partner and, uh, you know, I I can do everything I need to do, then don't bother going on testosterone and don't have anyone convince you to go on testosterone because it's Mm -hmm. probably not the right time. Mm -hmm. But if you do go on testosterone, right? So I used to think, let's get someone back into normal range. Normal range is four to 600, right? But I've discovered that's wrong, okay? My guys do great. When I get their testosterone levels between 1,000 and 1,200, right? That's the level that you were at when you were 20 Mm -hmm. and you felt great. Mm -hmm. If I get you to the level that you've, that of a a 55 year old or a 60 year old, you know, great, you know, (laughs) who cares? Yeah, yeah. You know, if you wanna build muscle, if you want libido, if you wanna feel great, if you want your mood to get better, if you want to sleep better, if you want your aches and pains to go away, you gotta get to a thousand to twelve hundred, right? And so there, you know, there are some potential side effects of that, which you know uh, are elucidated in the in the ebook and also in my in my book. And basically, it's prostate growth. It doesn't cause prostate cancer, but if you have aggressive prostate cancer, you don't want to be on testosterone. Um, You know, you may develop some acne or some uh, some oily skin and you may lose a little bit of hair on your head. And that's pretty much the downside of testosterone. It's actually a very safe. I don't even want to call it a drug because it's not. It's a hormone. Hormone. Yeah. Right. So you're not taking a drug. I mean, what I say is any guy with a bat and two balls is going to do great on testosterone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And actually, even women do great on testosterone. It's really funny. I get these old guys coming into my office saying, "My wife just got on estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, and she's chasing me around the house." (laughs) Good, doc. You got doc. You got to do something for me. Yeah, and so, and so, you know, I get them on testosterone, (laughs) and you got a happy couple after that. So, um, you know, if if I would say, you know, any veteran that's feeling low energy and losing muscle, uh, building up fat. Uh, depressed uh, you know testosterone is one of the greatest antidepressants ever invented. Um, get your testosterone checked and insist on getting testosterone replacement if it's appropriate mm-hmm, and yeah. insist that levels get to about a thousand right sure. the 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 medical community, I'm a little bit of a not an oddball um but I'm a little out of the norm in the medical community. And I used to be sort of in that, that medical community where it said, just get levels back to normal. But I, I've treated hundreds and hundreds of patients now with higher levels of testosterone. I can tell you, it's safe and it's highly effective. And guys come back and their lives are just really transformed. Sure, sure. You also sent
0: me um, with the book some a firm do you want to cover that what the what you think oh about yeah it?
1: yeah so you know um nitric oxide when i was at ucla one of my professors won the nobel prize for discovering nitric oxide as a second messenger and then one of my good buddies wrote the paper that described the mechanism of action of viagra and it works through a pathway that's activated by nitric oxide okay. right so it's not nitrous the stuff you get at the dentist but it's a it's a a little molecule that is released from nerves and it's when it's released from nerves onto blood vessels it opens blood vessels uh-huh, uh-huh. so it improves circulation and it improves circulation all throughout the body mm-hmm, so it mm-hmm. improves circulation in the, for athletes so most uh, competitive bodybuilders will use a nitric oxide booster in their pre-workout stack uh, almost all elite endurance athletes will use nitric oxide boosters uh, it improves brain circulation Uh, and uh, it improves blood pressure. So I get a lot of my patients off blood pressure medications by being on a nitric oxide booster. And, you know, it's great for erections. Well, there you go. And it's synergistic with the PDE5 inhibitors. So the way that a nitric oxide booster works is it makes this stuff called CGMP. And the way that Viagra works is it blocks the breakdown of CGMP. Yeah. So... The, the, the nitric oxide booster and, uh, that, and the PDE5 inhibitors work well. Like a lot of guys will say to me, well, you know, Viagra used to work, but, you know, it doesn't seem like it works well anymore. Do you think I'm getting tolerant? It's not that they're getting tolerant. It's that their nitric oxide levels are dropping. Mm-hmm. So I created a supplement called Affirm, which is available at AffirmScience.com. And what that does is it boosts circulation all throughout the body. So it's great for athletes. It's great for blood pressure. It's great for uh, short-term memory, mm. um, and it's great for helping guys get erections.
0: Sweet. Saved rounds. What I said. Saved rounds. You got anything else that I don't want to? I don't want to. Clo- oh man! I don't want to close on. it out. I know you can I, keep I, going, but uh, keep we got going. we're at about an hour mark right now. You got it. Um, well, this
1: was really really fun, and I you know I. I've worked at, at VAs for a long time, and, and uh, I have a ton of patients who are uh, military folks and military folks in the family, and uh, it's really it's an honor to uh, to speak with, with folks in that community.
0: Uh, it's been an honor having you on. I always like to hear you know advice from the experts, and we definitely got that here with Men's Health. So Judson Brandes, MD, guys, pick his book up, 21st Century Man get in the know about your own body about your own injuries guys pick it up like it share it share it out to the people that need to know it dr brandeis i appreciate it thanks for the time
1: awesome thanks for having me on i appreciate it all
0: right guys just getting done and dr brandeis is off the hook he had uh he had a quick out we we may try to get another another look with uh dr brandeis i had a good time there uh, and learned a lot. Um, not a doctor, and I know that a lot of guys in our community suffer from that low T. Uh, talked a little bit about THC and the different components, how that's helping PTS in in this episode as well, which is something <laughs> I wanted a clinical view on. So, Matt, would you get what you got on him?
2: Ooh, good episode. Um, when you first told me we were going to have him on, I was like, mm, doctor, this and that, and I was like, I don't know if it's going to be a what kind of episode it's going to be but first of all he's a character he he's got some pretty g- good funny jokes in that in the episode Singers. you know but um he puts it in in terms that someone who's not a doctor can understand he can break it down and he can he can articulate it to where you can understand it which is what I like I liked about that episode it's good information um and the other thing I liked when you when you guys were discussing uh marijuana uh the the fact that he said he's not an expert on it the fact that he look i'm not i'm not i don't know at all on this stuff i had to do a lot of research that's what you know what he said basically and that's always something to me when i'm when i'm watching someone talk about a topic if they say they're not an expert on it but they're going to say what they they know or what they've researched then i tend to pay attention more than someone who says he knows it all because there's very few topics in this world that anybody knows it all on, even when they're considered an expert. Um, yeah, so that's yeah, that's all
0: and, you know, that's moving. That's moving forward. I know the VA's moved forward with several different experimental, uh, studies on different, um, uh, different th- therapies and therapeutics and medicines. And, you know, there's, there, there's still a lot of, uh, a lot of guys that can benefit from that. If, if the lobbies would get out of the way and, and the bureaucracy would get out of the way. Um, but hey, we'll take the small wins as they come and and get these guys treated, uh, and get them feeling better. Uh, I had a great time talking with Doctor Doctor Brandeis, and, and especially you know the marijuana part that that was a very interesting part, especially in the book. Um, reading that monster is is uh something that you want to want to put stow away some time for. I mean, you're talking about several several hundred pages of content, but all that relate to men's health in a positive way and gives plenty gives a depth of um, information regarding the 21st century man so uh, everybody out there pick the book up Uh, it's good it's a good resource to put up on the on the counter and one day when you're experiencing some of this stuff maybe you can just pull it out like a you know like a go-to roadmap for what you should do next Um, this this interview was brief and we only covered a couple of sections of the book there's so much information inside there you guys need to go get on it and, uh, and put it on your shelves for sure. Matt, you got anything else? I'm good. All right, guys, that was Dr. Brandeis. Thanks for hanging with us. And remember, hit that share, like, subscribe, whatever platform you're, uh, you're following on. And if you took anything away from this, anything struck you, go ahead and share that out to your crowd, share it out to your social media platforms. And, uh, and let's get this good information passed until next time, guys. We'll see you later.
2: Thank you. Louisiana Gun Shop, your firearm headquarters. Specializing in concealed carry guns, ammo, and training. You can get your Louisiana permit with us. Also, a large selection of AR-15s, or if you are that build-it-yourself type of guy or gal, we have all the parts to build and customize your own AR-15. Glock, Sig, Taurus, Ruger, we have all the brands, both in the store or at louisianagunshop.com.
0: Not too far, you're marking the building. Hit him. Yeah, that's good. That's a good shot. That's That's funny.